0: But just a quick reminder: What is the purpose of Hebrews five thirteen? It says, it's revelation of righteousness." What what cannot happen until we get that? Who? What? Can't get off the milk. What does that mean? Mature. mature. What does that mean too? Mature. What are we trying to become? Sons, not just Christians, not to just. Go every day and try not to be a worldly, right? That's not maturity. It's not. Um, I don't smoke, drink, or cuss either. So now I can be a deacon in a church. That's not maturity, right? That's what I grew up thinking maturity was like. And then I would be out in the field helping some people, and I hear them deacons cussing. and I was like, "Well, I thought you couldn't smoke, drink, or cuss if you was a deacon," you know? That wasn't maturity. <laughs> Yeah, you couldn't do it at the church house. So what is maturity? We've got to understand this revelation of righteousness is taking us somewhere. It is not a revelation of righteousness just so we can have an excuse to sin. Right? So some will hear briefly a message of righteousness and they'll be like, Well, I can just do whatever I want to. it would be fine. Right? Right? That's what Paul said. Paul said, some of you are scared that I'm preaching this message, right? Because there will be some that's going to take it for their own good, for their own purpose. But this revelation of righteousness, the true revelation of righteousness, is going to get you to see who you were intended to be from the beginning, right? One of the things that we discussed, I think it was last Wednesday night, and it was something that Damon had said a couple of weeks back, but it just stuck with me, right? Because he put it in a way that I... Really just hadn't thought about it, right? And so, he put it in a way like this. Alex, how much are you going to struggle this evening to not go kill somebody? That's not going to be a struggle, is it? You know why? Because never in your life have you made an agreement with that lie. That that's who you are. But there are certain people out there who's going to struggle today was sex trafficking because somewhere along the way they made an agreement. Probably nine times out of ten what studies show is they made an agreement with pornography and then it led them to sex trafficking. Nine times out of ten. Did you know that? So there's different things that some of us are still struggling with in this room, but it's only because you made the agreement that that's who you were somewhere along the way. And we even bought the line church, well, I'm just a poor, pitiful sinner. So I'm just going to keep being a poor, pitiful sinner till finally I die and death is going to help me be who I was supposed to be. And nothing about that is biblical whatsoever. Nothing. So we've got to come into our identification of who we are in this revelation of righteousness that now brings us not to a good Christian boy and girl, but comes into a place of sonship where we walk as Christ did. All throughout Scripture, Jesus Himself says, You will do the same things I did and even greater than these. Paul says, Follow me. Because why? I'm doing what Jesus did. I have now identified with Christ Jesus. It is no longer I who live, but Christ in me, Paul said. Now follow me. Right? So Paul gets this revelation in that three years in that desert, and he comes out no longer blinded by the light, but now becomes the light. And we've got to get this revelation of righteousness so that we do the same exact thing. Right? Right? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Just in case you need some confirmation. This is really just pre sermon, real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. He says, We can all draw. Who can? All. All, all means. All, draw close to Him with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we, how many? All means all, become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into His what? His very image. As we move from one brighter level of glory to another... And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So according to Paul, and according to this revelation of righteousness, what does maturity look like according to 2 Corinthians 3.18? What does maturity look like? Look like Him. I mean, that's real simple. Like He doesn't even try to make it hard. He's like, just look in the mirror. This is you, this is me. We're together. I'm in you, you're in me. It should just happen. But we still identify with our old nature, still holding on to the old nature, not identifying with the death of Christ Jesus that we died once and for all as well. What does that mean? My old nature has died. My old thought nature has died. Those things that I identified once in my life are null and void. I should no longer even identify with them anymore. Like it's not about again. Eating from that tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now it's about what? Eating from the tree of life, which we were destined to do from the very beginning. Does that make sense? Just one more Ephesians 4, and then we'll get into the word for today. Ephesians 4, verse 10. The same one who descended is also the one who ascended above the heights of heaven in order to begin the restoration and fulfillment of how many things? All. So when he came down, it said he did that to start that. So is it started? Yes or no? Yes, yes it started. So that means should we be going backwards? The only reason you're going backwards is because you don't know no better. My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. So one of the things that we get when we get in here is we gain knowledge. And the Bible says when all you're getting that knowledge, get understanding. And that understanding needs to change your heart. And when your heart is changed, then you are changed. Right? To live it out. Begin the restoration fulfillment of how many things once again? All. And he has appointed some with grace to be apostles, some with grace to be prophets, some evangelists, some grace to be pastors, a grace to be teachers. And their calling is to look at this: nurture. Who gets nurtured when they're little? Little babies. Look at those little babies in here. Right? One's eating yogurt bites, getting nurtured. One's getting mama's embrace and sacked out with her hand over her eyes, getting nurtured. Do you know the babies, the thousands upon babies that are in orphanages and things like that, who never feel what this baby is feeling at this moment in this feeling the feeling the mama's heartbeat, hearing the mama's heartbeat? There is a disconnect for the rest of their life. it's a nurture, right? Who gets nurtured? The babies. Hebrews five say, "We are babies." On infant milk, being nurtured, until what? We need to come up and grow up into what? Sons. Not church leadership. Not start another brand new ministry. All those things are good. But that's not your goal. Right? Your goal is sonship. And if he chooses to use you in sonship in some of those capacities, well, fine. But sonship is the aim. Right. Look at what he says. Why did he give us those fivefold ministry? Their calling is this: to nurture and what? Prepare. Who? All. All the holy believers to do their work, to do their own works of ministry, and as they do this, they will enlarge. They will also build up the body of Christ. These grace ministries will function until Jesus comes back. That what it says. We're going to have all these fivefold ministry until He splits the Easter sky. That's what it says. Or is that what we were taught? That's a big difference. These grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness. Who we? Attain oneness into the faith of oneness. Starts with what? I'm in him and he's in me. That better be where your first oneness starts. Because until we get that, we're not going to be one with each other. We will attain oneness into the faith until we, how many? All experience, there's that word again, the fullness. Not just a little bit. Not just, I got a Holy Ghost in the meeting. I didn't catch it. It's not a baseball to catch with your glove. Right? It's fullness, overflowing, right? Of what it means to know the Son of God. And finally, listen, we become one into a perfect man. Oh, yeah, that's when we die, right? Well, I don't know. Let's just see what Paul says in Scripture. Scripture. Is, it, is that when it happens? Because that's what we've been taught. You'll finally get it when you die. Like Bill teaches to us, we made an agreement with death, right? Remember Bill teaching us that? Don't make an agreement with death. Death's not the victory. I mean, Paul says, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? It's Christ is the victory, Right? He says we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. And finally, we become one into perfect man with the listen to this the full dimensions. That means everything that we've ever known about Christ that He showed us, we become one into a perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity. And fully developed into the abundance of Christ. Not a little Christ. Christian means little Christ. My goal is not to be a little Christ or Christian. My goal is to be a son. According to Scripture. Right? Do you read in your Bible it says please become a Christian? No. They didn't use that term. Right? And then our immaturity will end. Yeah, when we die. Is that what it said? When our immaturity going to die? When we become one. When we embrace this. When we embrace this message and we become one, our immaturity is dead. And we're still on the earth, by the way, according to this passage. We're still on the earth. And it says what? We're still on the earth, a perfect man in full dimensions of Jesus Christ in spiritual maturity, fully developed into the abundance of Christ, meaning he is overflowing out of us. Where? On this side of eternity or on the other side? Which one? This side. According to me or according to Paul? Who? Yeah, don't go around saying, say, oh, Brian's teaching, false teacher." I'm telling you, I'm just reading it to you. I'm reading it. And then our immaturity will end and we will not be easily shaken by trouble. See how I know we're not in heaven when it's talking about this? Because there's no trouble in heaven. And we have to be not shaken. That's why Paul could be in prison in Philippians, the worst prison that we could ever imagine. Nothing compared to our prisons today. Sewage running right by him. And Philippians can say, and I consider it. I mean, um, he says, rejoice always. And I say it again, rejoice. Why? Home fries ain't even focused on this level. He's gazing into another realm. So this realm does not affect him. And we will not be easily shaken by trouble nor led astray by novel teachings or by the false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies. Novel teachings. What is that? A bunch of educated geniuses, right? Who just study, study, study and constantly books, books, books but there's no spiritual side to it. But instead, we will remain strong We will what? Remain strong. See how we're still talking about this side of eternity. Right? And always sincere in our love as we express, meaning it's coming out of us, the truth. All our direction and ministries will flow from Christ. Not about building the next big thing. Right? Like if that happens, it just happens because it's an overflow, not because we're striving to do something man-made. All our direction ministry flow from Christ and lead us, what? Deeper into Him, right? So we discuss things like this happened this morning with these kids. Like we are constantly as a group of believers trying to figure out we don't want to waste our time. We want to use our time wisely to go deeper into him, right? Not a lot of fluff, not a lot of, hey, what can we do to get more people in the field? We're just going after him, right? And so that's why we look at things like this morning. Is that going to help us? Absolutely. That shows these children in, in our honoring these children, right? And to say, hey, we care about you and your future, and we want to draw you to a fuller knowledge than what we have when we were kids so that whenever you are our age, you're not still on these elementary teachings, but you're, you're actually walking around and showing the world what it looks like to be a son. See, we in this room are still trying to comprehend it and trying to get a lot of religion out of our mindset so that we can come into a place and understand the full revelation of what Paul is trying to teach here. And what we want to invest in our children and our, our future generations is that they're not going to have to debunk a bunch of things, right? They're not going to have to get a lot out of their mind. They're just going to simply flow because they've always known it. You see what I'm saying? For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. Every member, even our children, has been given divine gifts. Even children have been given gifts? Yes, even our children have been given gifts. Like we gave some books last week. Um, that will take you deeper into some of that. And I have some more at my house, some resources that will blow your mind of what children are doing around the world, yet we limit ours. Like children this age, going into hospitals in Africa, and there's no longer need, people lost their jobs because there was no more sickness. Because not adults... Children believed the word and walked into the building and just because they walked in the halls and began singing praises, hospitals were emptied. That's where we got to get. That's where we got to get. Every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. These gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body. We are built up and made perfect in love. Who is love? God is love. We're made perfect in Him. So that's our introduction for today. Now let's get down. I just want to remind you while we're doing this, right? We're not just getting this righteousness message just so we can say, hey, yep, another righteousness message, right? I purposely have been saying it over and over every week because I want it to get past our consciousness and into our knower, right? But as it's getting to our knower, we need to know our responsibility. And so that's some of the things we're going to look at today, okay? So more than a prayer... It was a mandate. Isaiah 64, 1. I'm going to read in the Passion Version of Isaiah. It will not be in the Bible out. They, do not, they have not added it yet. Um, but Isaiah 64, verse 1, in the Passion Version, reads like this God, if only you would tear open the heavenly realm and come down. Yeah, more so, some of your uh, versions say, Lord, rend the heavens, right, and come down. That was more than just a prayer, and it's more than a prophecy. It is more than, it's not a prophecy for us today. It's already happened, right? He already rend the heavens, and he's already come down, okay? So this is Isaiah speaking to a future event, and it already happened. We see in Matthew, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, he says, as on earth, I mean, it will come on earth as it what? Is in heaven. So it's more than just a prayer. It is a mandate of what he established here on earth. He, Isaiah 64, he's establishing, I'm going to come. I'm going to open up the heavens. I'm going to rend them up. I'm going to open them up so you have open, complete access to me. Right? We looked Wednesday night. When we talk about heaven, we talk about the heavenly realm inside of us. It's more than just a place, right? Because the Word of God says that God, that God can't even be contained in heaven. Like He's bigger than that. He created the heavens and the earth. He cannot be contained. And you are not just in heaven. You are in Him and He is in you. Therefore, you are even bigger than that. It's a realm way bigger than that. I know it probably just blew some of your minds. But He opened that up. So there's complete access him. And he says, allow what is here in this realm to come down to this realm and be the same. As it is, so let it be. You see that? So that was more than a mandate. The prophecy was spoken. It's already happened. I want to give you a couple of passages just to think about this open heaven process. Because we talked about it, been a couple of years back, just trying to remind you, now that we're starting to get this revelation of righteousness, it's just starting to be able to flow. Some of these things are going to come back to you, some of the things that we talked about. But I'm hoping this morning we're going to go to a deeper level with it, okay? So, Malachi 3.10. Anybody remember that one? You all too, if you raised up in a good, good Southern Baptist church. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. And see that I want what? Open the what? Yep. Open the heavens and the storehouses so that you be blessed, right? It was a process of thinking what? Opening that place so that that could do what? Come where? Here. Right? He's opening their eyes to that. Look at Acts 7 got two want going to look at Acts. I'm going to go ahead and turn. We're going to read these. Acts 7 verse 55. Stephen overtaken with great faith, full of the Holy Spirit. Remember they're about to beat him. He fixed his gaze. Where? in the heavenly realm and saw the glory and splendor of God and Jesus stood up at the right hand of God. Look, Stephen said, I can see the heavens opening (laughs) and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God to welcome me home. What's happening to Stephen? Where's his eyes fixed? This realm or another? Another. The heavenly realm where he already existed with Christ. Seated at the right hand with God. And he sees him standing in this moment to welcome the first martyr after Jesus. And say, and they begin to pelt him. And Home Fries is super excited. What is his eyes fixed on What did did that passage that we just read in Ephesians say? When we're fixed on that realm, this realm's not going to affect it. We're not going to be affected by it. By the troubles, we're not going to be affected. Why? Because we have access to an open heaven to be into another realm where this does not phase us. That's maturity where no maturity looks like as a son, that's what it begins to look like. See how we still got to get this revelation of righteousness? A lot of us still not in that place. See what I mean? We're still allowing this realm to affect us way more, our emotions, our feelings, and things of that nature, way more than what that realm is. Go over just a couple of chapters to chapter 10. Verse 10. Chapter 10, verse 10. This is Peter. He was hungry, wanted to eat. But while lunch was being prepared, he fell into a trance and entered into a what? Another realm into heaven. And as the heavenly realm opened up, he saw something resembling a large linen table called from above being let down to the earth by its four corners. And then he gets this revelation. Remember, this was more than just Jews, this Jew and Gentile, this is that revelation. But I want you to see how he got the revelation. How was it? He's in a realm. Not in this realm. He's focused and his eyes are set into another realm. It was opened up to him where he could see the revelation. Here's what happens. When you get into this realm, you get new eyes. You get new perception. You get to see a little bit more clear than what you're trying to see on this earth. There's a lot of confusion on this realm. Right? Because there's so many voices and there's so many things going on there's a lot of confusion. He gets in this realm it opens up and he sees a whole new perception. Right? So that what? And all things become new. Alright? Now go Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4 verse 1, suddenly, after I wrote down these messages, listen to this, I saw a portal open into the heavenly realm, and the same trumpet voice I heard speaking with me at the beginning said, ascend into this realm. I want to reveal to you what must happen after this. And instantly, I was taken into the spirit realm. And behold, I saw a heavenly throne being set in place and someone seated upon it. Who was it? Yes. What happened though? How did he see all this? He went into another realm. I want to point out something. Were any of these people dead when this happened? I want to point out something else. I had not even read them. But has anybody else had an open heaven experience like this in the Old Testament? Ever? Yes. In case you think it's a trick question. Enoch. Huh? Elijah. All kinds of stuff, right? They just keep going. Jacob's ladder. Like, that was an inferior covenant. And they experienced it. All these that we just read, besides Malachi, were New Testament passages. Acts shows us what we should be looking like every day. Right? It's what the new te- model for the New Testament church did they experience open heaven? Did they experienced visions, realms? Were they able to go in? Were they able to come out? So once they went in, can't ever come out. Is that what happened? Back and forth, right? John 10, verse 9 says, I, Jesus says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through one through one will be saved. They will come in, listen, and go out. They will what? Come in and go out and find pasture. Directly correlated to Psalm 23. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me. Right? But it's in and out. Right? We were taught, I am the gate. If you want to get to heaven when you die, then you got to come through my gate. But I thought when we die, we can't come back. So is that what he's talking about here? Because here he says we're going in and out. That's what he says is going to happen. John 10 verse 9. He has not been crucified and raised yet, and he said, "This is what's going to happen." Fast forward, Revelation chapter four. We just read it. This is John the Beloved, who they could not kill. They even tried to boil him alive in oil, and he couldn't die until he said, "I'm ready to die." Why? He wasn't focused on this realm. He lived from a completely different realm, and this is what he said. I heard him, I went in, I came out and told you what I saw. Right? I know this is deep. But we got to get past supplication prayers where we read a prayer list off and hope, throw something in the air and hope something happens. You were designed to be one with him. Right? Right? And to talk with him. Again, let me point out Have I said or showed you anything that was not in Scripture? I know it's deep. And I know it goes far beyond our three songs and a passage, and we go home. But if we're going to grow into maturity, I'm looking for some people that want to go with me. who want to play church. Who really want to go where he wants to take us to. To mature sons. This is the rim that he says is available for us. So there's an invitation to see what's to come. Isn't that what he did with Peter? You want an invitation to see what you're really supposed to come? Come up. I'll show you. He shows him this is not just for Jews. This is for Jews and for Gentiles. John, you want to see what's to come? Come on up. I'll show you. Let me show you. All right. In this realm, let me show you what's to come. What happens is it's an invitation for us to come into it. And when we come into it, he's going to give you better clarity and revelation. Man, there are so many times lately when I'm praying for people, I I don't have any inclination. I don't have any thought about that person whatsoever. Right? It's at Desmond's uh, chosen night the other night. I've never met this girl, never met her. She want me to pray over her. I start praying and I just say, close my eyes and this is just what I start seeing. And what I see, I just say out loud. Well, it was directly in line with what she's dealing with, which broke down walls for her, which released tears, which released freedom. And then the truth that I spoke into her was what she had wanted prayer for, but never had asked me for anything. She never said, I need pray for this. She just said, I need prayer. All Desmond said, come down, who need prayer, pray. She came down, I did laid lay hand. And it was more than just, oh, Father, help this girl. I don't know what's wrong with her, but you do. No, he wants me to get in line with him so that I can release it into this atmosphere. So that it can be released. So He's taking us to that realm to see and give us better perception so that we can declare the things on this earth. Remember what I said. It was not just a sample prayer. It was a mandate for us to bring heaven to earth. That's the reality that we should be living from as sons, right? So go to a familiar passage for all of us, Mark chapter 1. These are for some of you. This is going to be a reminder. Go ahead. I see you got something on your mind. When we focus upon that scripture. It says you right right. We must be focused upon the healing mm. But it says Jesus even perceived their thoughts, thoughts. That's just what I thought about when you were mm. speaking, what, yeah. you, what you received. That's right. Was you perceived her thoughts? Yeah. Was, an, was I able to get that download? From that's right. The kingdom realm yeah. To speak into those thoughts, and she that's didn't right. even speak. That's right. That's right. And Des talked to her later, and she had a testimony that's of freedom yeah so that's what we're called to do Mark chapter 1 verse 9 one day Jesus came from Galilee Nazareth, and John immersed him in the Jordan River what does that mean wanted to be what baptized the moment Jesus rose up out of the water John saw the heavenly realm split open what's he doing as he's going into that water this is John's baptism was a baptism of what was it called Huh? Repentance. Repentance. What did Jesus need to repent from? Nothing. Nothing. So what's he doing? One, he's being obedient to the Father. but The other thing he's doing is identifying with what? Us. As a man. Right? The Adam nature. He's identifying with us. Right? And then, that's right. So here he is, the great high priest, standing in intercession for us, future generations, identifying with us, He comes up out of the water, and John saw the heavenly realm, what? Opened up. Split open, it says. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. And at the same time, a voice spoke from heaven, saying, You are my son, my cherished one, and my greatest delight is in you. And immediately after this, he was compelled by the Holy Spirit to go into the inhabited desert region, and that's where he was tempted 40 days and 40 nights. He comes up out of the water. Now this should be refresher for some of us in this room. That word there, whenever it says in the heavenly realm split open, there's three terms that this is, is related to. It means rend, Isaiah 64, 1, Lord rend the heavens and come down. He opened them up, they rend, and he what? Come down, the Holy Spirit ascended, and then what? Remained. Right? Isaiah 64, Verse 1, Lord, in the heavens and come down. Prophecy fulfilled. Right? Also, the word means split, and the word also means torn violently. The same word that is used here is used in the book of Matthew whenever it says, and the veil of the temple was ripped in two whenever Jesus was crucified. And it says, and the rocks shook violently, and the veil... We're talking the veil was not a like a curtain on at your house. Like we're talking like the veil was like this thick. Okay? And it says it ripped violently. Alright? So you gotta think about something here. You ever try to rip something and you can't get it? Especially like a ketchup packet. They're the worst, right? You gotta get your teeth in there and everything else. We're talking about there is so if something has to be torn, I want you to think. You've got to get deep. You've got to get into this stuff, guys. You can't just read on the surface. If something is ripped violently, that means there has to be another force coming against it. Correct? There is a religious force. There is a demonic force. There is darkness and it is ripped apart, why? So that light may come in. That force that did not want it to happen was violently ripped open and saying, I'm coming. I'm coming in and I'm making it full access for me to be here and you to be with me. Full access, ripped wide open, right? So, look at John chapter 1, verse 9. This is a picture of what I see when I think about this. For the perfect light of truth. I said there is a darkness, there is an atmosphere that is coming against that realm. And he says, for the perfect light of truth was coming into the world to do what? Shine upon everyone. Now, that same spirit is where now? In me, in you, right? Look at James 4, verse 5. I know we're all over the place, but you got to see all this for it to come together. James 4, verse 5. Does the scripture mean nothing to you that says the spirit that God breathed into your heart, in our hearts, is a jealous lover who, listen to this, intensely desires to have more and more of us. The picture there, whenever I was reading some of this stuff, it says it's like His Spirit, Holy Spirit in you, and that Spirit of yours, and it's like, Just like it talked about at the beginning of Genesis, hovering and brooding over you. A jealous God saying, I want more and more and more of you, right? That great circle dance of that ebb and flow of Holy Spirit, Father, and Son, just that perfect flow of unity. And there he is, wanting us, right? Who's going to stand in the way of that? That's why that darkness is pulled apart. That's why it's open to you. So the only person that's going to separate you from that love is you. Because the darkness force has already been real. It's your choosing that's keeping you from the experience. It's your openness, your willingness... to experience this so there's like different levels and we could like spend hours kind of talking about some of that like if you look in the book of Enoch even you like go to like the 10th heaven right you can go like different levels right three main levels that most scholars will agree on so we're going to start there because if I'm going to teach you algebra I'm not going to teach you first grader algebra right so we're just going to start small and then we're just going to keep going from there Okay, let's start with the basics. There's three main ones that everybody agrees on. The first rim is this rim that we see right here. Right? Everything that we're looking at that we see We can taste, touch, feel, hear, all our senses. Everything that we're in, our natural eyes, the earthly matters of this world, that's this first realm. The next realm is a spiritual realm where the demonic lives but also the angelic lives. And there are forces and there are fights and there are things that are going on within that realm. It's not a realm that we just see with our natural eyes, but you can see that realm with your spiritual eyes. But that is a realm there. Then there's a realm above that realm. And that heavenly throne room realm, when we talk about the courtroom of God, that is, the, that is the area, the realm, where everything is beneath His feet. So this earthly realm is beneath His feet. That realm of the demonic is beneath His feet. So like, there is no such thing as like, oh, this battle going between God and death. Like, God could just say, be done. Like, that's ludicrous to think that God's worried about what He's going to do to that. He created him. He's an angelic being. It's all beneath his feet. So here's the thing. A lot of times we'll want to try to operate spiritually and we just go into this next realm where the angelic and the demonic are trying to do. Right? But you have authority to release angels. But most of us don't know it and we're still down here. Right? You have authority to be in this realm... And see different than what this realm is seeing. You have authority in this realm to even see different of what the demonic is seeing. Did that blow your mind a little bit? So, what did he say he's offered on the table? This realm is offered. Where do we spend, I almost would say, about 100% of the time? This realm. And sometimes when somebody wants to talk about spiritual warfare, we'll try to maybe go to the second realm. But he says that's not even where you live. He says you are now seated in the heavenly realm next to Christ. Where all that is beneath his feet, so therefore it's beneath your feet. Right? So it's wide open. Colossians 3. This is where we're going to land on Scripture, and then we're going to go in for a minute. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 and man we've been looking through the mirror study in Colossians 3 and it's phenomenal but I'm very passionate this morning Christ's resurrection is our resurrection too right? New life hidden in Christ that is why we are to yearn for all that is where? above not in that second realm that I talked about earlier the courtroom. For that's where Christ sits, enthroned at the place of how much power? All power, all honor, all authority. We're to do what? Yearn. That means, in other words, get your mind out of yourself and out of this realm and begin to set your mind on things above. Okay? That's what Paul means when he says set your mind on things above. This realm. Where Christ is seated. Right? So as I said earlier, when we're sitting there praying, I mean we're we're worshiping and I'm, I'm telling you, hey, just for a minute, just thank him. Right? What did Psalm say? We enter his courts with what? Thanks. Giving. that's more than just we're just more than just saying words we're more than just singing some songs guys we are going into a realm of saying i am thankful and i'm entering into this realm i'm forgetting about this realm just like paul did in philippians in that jail he said rejoice always. Again, I'll say it. Rejoice. He forgot about this realm and he's entering into a completely different realm where he can get a better perspective of what's going on. We all have problems in this world. We're all going to have trials and tribulations. But take heart, Jesus says, I've already overcome the world. Where is that? It's in that place. But until we get in that place with him, we're still going to see ourselves as defeated. We're going to see ourselves as weak. We're going to see ourselves as poor, pitiful sinner. We're going to see ourselves as I don't know what else to do. This world's going to hell in a handbasket, and we're going with it. But we've got to get new eyes. And the only way to get new eyes is to get in a new place. So if Desmond comes, he's going to play... Just want us to close our eyes for a minute. We're just forgetting everything that we brought into this room. We're not thinking about what we're eat for lunch. <coughs> we're not thinking about how close LSU almost lost last night. Or how bad Auburn played just as bad as us and that's what God is in. But what we're thinking about is where He is. And again, you got a picture. We're going past that second realm. Jesus says, And you will see the Son of Man. And you'll see angels ascending and descending from Him. Where do you think they're going? They're messengers. They're going into the realm above. And they're coming to the realm below them where we are. To do what? They're ascending and descending. They're going in and out. What are we supposed to be doing? They're supposed to be ministering angels to us. That means we should all be on the same page. You see, it says the angels are just sitting there waiting. You know there are angels in this room right now? Like literally, guys. There are angels in this room right now who are on one. There are some that are on guard right now. There are some taller than this building on the outside of this building watching over us right now. And saying... They're establishing a new thing in this room and we're protecting it and we're preserving it for future generations. There are some angels in this room right now who are waiting on you. They're just hanging out. You know why? You haven't released them yet. They're waiting on you to get in that line in alignment with His Word and release it. See that story that I gave you earlier? It's not just a good story. It's not just a feel-good story. It's an example of real life, guys. It's not in the Bible in Acts chapter 10 where we read it from somebody long ago. We say, yeah, that all died out with the apostles. I'm telling you a real story that happened just two weeks ago that whenever I closed my eyes, I went into another realm and I said what I saw. And whenever I said it, not only is the authority of Christ being released out of my mouth into another realm, but there were angels released at that moment because they said, finally, finally, Somebody saw what the Father was wanting to say about this person and we're going to help make sure this happened it's established today. That's what He wants to happen more than just in this room. He wants it to happen in this room this morning, but He wants it to go beyond that. He wants it to go into the workplace, to your school, even for the children in this room. They can see. They can see most of the time better than we can. the children will see and they will give a word to their teacher and it's released something powerful. So that you do not grumble and complain because you had to go to work today and it's not working out like you wanted it to but, but that you are not confused by this realm but that you can see past the foxes that try to spool the vine. And you're able to get into another realm and release something to the atmosphere that's going to shift not only their day, but your whole workplace will be a new established place. To not be so busy with self that when I walk into Walmart, I got to get my stuff and I got to go and miss the person that I was assigned to speak life into that day. And I was assigned to release angels on behalf of them. And I totally missed it. Because I was Invitation this morning. One, just be still. No, He is God. We just say, Father, we release everyone and everything to you. No more burdens. All anxiety. We give to you. Everything in this realm that's been bothering us, been tiring us, and stressing us out, we just release it right now. And we say it is all yours. And we we will not pick it back up. It's yours. Father, we just enter into your presence with thanksgiving into our hearts. We thank you that we have total and complete access to this realm. To this realm of grace and mercy in our time of need. And that we believe we receive everything we ask for in this place. Everything has been purchased already, been provided for. And that your blood is speaking to No matter what this realm that we are operating in has said about us, no matter what this realm may try to throw at us, we say your blood is speaking a better word today. That with God, all things are possible. Whatever hopeless situation that you think you've had this morning, you need a new perception a new reality, you need new eyes to see, but you can't see it in this room, some of you are already experiencing some things right now, just let it fall, some of you are experiencing stuff and you all of a sudden, you also at the same time, if you notice, there's some tension around your neck shoulders area, which means you're still trying to hold on to this realm and try to get access in that other realm you got to let go you got to let go of this realm let it go let it go let it go let it go when you let it go there's going to be an overflow on, on you, it's almost like it's going to be on the back side of you it's almost going to feel like rushing water over you like the rushing water is not over on top of you but it's also in you. Just let it fall. Matter of fact, just stand up in that presence, the waterfall of His presence. Just stand up in it. Stand up. Arms out. Just receiving it all. Just receiving it all. His presence. He wants to give you new eyes, new perspective. Receive. Receive. We're not trying to figure anything out. We're not trying to manipulate God in any way. We're just simply open, receiving